man, this comic book sucks. And the reviews online said it was good. I wasted my money. Why didn't somebody tell me? Hey everybody, we were requested by our great viewer, Randy, I don't know the number, I think it's 21785, hopefully I'm right, please apologize if I'm wrong, but he wanted us to do this, I did not want to do Avengers Forever, I was a Avengers reader, a fan of Kurt Busiek's Avengers, way back in, what was it, 2000, when I think he saw it, maybe it was 1999? Yeah, around that time. So that, you know, Early, actually earlier, earlier. A little bit earlier, yeah. but Heroes Return has happened. Yes, that's and about 90, that's like around 97, 98. No, that's more 98, 98, I think. That had to be as early as it can go. But, um, um, what's the name? Well, actually, Perez was the guy they were holding and they were keeping him in the pocket at Marvel to do the Avengers. And as time went on, Perez was like, there's too much continuity for me to sort of start this book over. If you get a writer, I would, I would definitely, I'm sticking with drawing and you can count on me. Don't worry about me missing anything. And he got, you know, from Marvel's fame, Kurt Busiek to write it. And he's a longtime Avengers fan, longtime Iron Man fan. So he started Heroes Return and Avengers was now once again a hit. So it was a hit book. So then, of course, you're going to capitalize on the hit. Here it comes. And then he brought back Here Avengers comes. Forever. Now this, to me, started, it didn't start as strong as I thought it would, but it had, they already had um, Carlos Pacheco, they already had him and they want, he wanted to do Avengers, he's a big Avengers fan, I think he did Avengers um, Squadron Supreme, I think they did a, a one issue of that, so they had him doing that, so they're like, let's get him on something else, he's hot, he done, he did, um, he's done the X-Men, you know, he's, you know we, he wants to do Avengers stuff. Let's get him to do something. So he had Kurt Busiek, obviously, has a wealth of stories. He's ready to do another thing. So he's like, I want to I wanna do my own Avengers Kang Amorgis thing. So we get Avengers Forever. We get Carlos Pacheco. And for me, it's I'm like, this is going to be a solid book. There's nothing wrong with this. And then I think the choice of characters that he put in the book were because they're plucked from the Kree Skull War. So Kurt Busiek is a continuity guy. But they, they were plucked from different time periods altogether, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. but if you remember in because Marvel, because he uh, Captain Marvel's in the book. Yes. That's like Captain Marvel's son, Genis. So yes, I remember like this is yeah, because specifically because he has uh, both Giant Man and yes. Yellow Jacket. So which is the, kind of so those two times he's at those time uh, they, they plucked them from those time periods. If I if I remember correctly, and exactly. he's doing a he's doing a magnificent like a magnificent seven sort of thing with these with these yeah. characters. Where he, you know I'm taking these guys, mm -hmm. and these have to be of course you're gonna have Captain America, but these will be the best these will be the best guys for this particular problem, with like your 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 bench player who's gonna be Rick Jones who was paralyzed at the time but was able to do what he needed to do. How the in the, in, <laughs> in this in this story, this well, was a. Uh, Go, it, go ahead. I'm saying it just only been, it, the choice. If you look at Kree Skull War, he picked characters from one period, and then now for the writer saying I want more conflict, I'm picking the pieces that I feel will add more conflict. Having Yellow Jacket, who supposedly took thinks that he took out Giant Man, having this disillusioned Captain America, 
and then having, you know, just some of those elements so you have this conflict and then say, oh, Songbird, she was a villain. Now she's not a villain in this story. So the Wasp was like, I'm kind of suspect on her. So as a writer, I mean, you want to have something maximum conflict. I think for me, you want sort of the classic characters if you're having a big Kang Immortus. But that was my, it was my only reservation starting off. So for me, it started off good. Only things for me, the art was kind of, it was big splash pages, a lot of artwork, but then it was like kind of hard to always figure out the pages since it's so cluttered. But as you were saying. No, I, I didn't get that from, I didn't get that from Pacheco in terms of cluttered art, but these, him and uh, Phil Jimenez are both students at, you know whether they whether they were heavily influenced mm -hmm. or they went to they went to his house. You know, obviously you can see the influence from George Perez in their artwork, mm -hmm. without any without any doubt. I came into it again along the same lines because I was really enjoying Kurt Busiek's run on Avengers. I wasn't even in the states at the time, and I was having the book shipped out to me. I was getting every Marvel comic they were producing at the time. And that was a really good period for Every Marvel Comics. Every one of them? Every single book. X-Men too, though. You were getting X-Men? Every single book that Marvel <laughs> produced. Wow. They were shipping, them, they were shipping mm -hmm. them over to me. I had uh, mm -hmm. made a nice arrangement. So, and I was reading everything. Because some days I was just totally bored. So I was reading everything at okay. that time. And, the and here's how I did it. Because I had so many comics. I left the ones when I was coming back uh, to the States. Everything that I didn't like, I left. And then the other ones, like I kept uh, the entire Kirk DC, you know, comic run. I didn't take back clothing when I came back. I took back comic books. Lord. Yeah. So I kept the Kirk DC uh, Avengers run, which to this day still holds up. And remember, he was on Iron Man at the time too, and that run doesn't hold up, and, I don't not know. at all. Okay. There was just it. It, it really it boggles so my it? mind how he was able to get so far with the Avengers run. And the Iron Man run was just, I don't know what happened. It just never really solidified. Well, I want to I wanna just, before we go off of that, it's funny because being the success he was at that period, he pointed out, he was like, um, he says, like, I, I, apply, I wanted to get Iron Man. They gave it to Byrne. They gave it to Len, who, I forget, the Kemiski or something like that. And there was one other person that got, got it before him. And he's like, now I finally got it. And it was, you see why he didn't get Iron Man. <laughs> it was, it was. I mean, it's his favorite character, but I think he brought back too much of the old. But well, there, was, he, there was these plot problems because Iron Man was a kid and then they had this uh, two-parter that was supposed to come out and explain stuff. Mm -hmm. It dragged for the longest period of time. When it came out, it was pretty much irrelevant, mm -hmm. uh, the Iron Age. But the, the run on Avengers, the run on Avengers was really good. And then you had the Perez artwork over there. So it was just a really fun read, he, you know, so of course Avengers comes out, Avengers Forever comes out, he's on it. And I enjoyed it from start to finish simply because of the storytelling. The finish. art. Okay, the art for me to be quite honest, and Pacheco's a great artist, okay? I really enjoy the stuff he did on Superman because I was introduced to him here on Avengers Forever. But the storyline, see this was an incredibly big story because he was trying to tackle not only just tried to tackle the bits of the story cuz you got Kang once you got Kang, you've got time travel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Once you got Kang, you're gonna see Immortus. Once you see Immortus, you'll probably see Doctor Doom. There's a whole bunch of people that you're gonna probably get to see at this point. So, I really appreciated the fact that unabashedly he was gonna take this particular thing head on. So I was like, okay, let me do this. Then you had Rick Jones as your everyman to you know to say, okay, he's gonna be the guy who, that you can relate to. Who can't relate to Rick Jones? The characters he plucks, you know, from time or from whatever periods, 
I thought made this, you know, the magnificence, with the exception of maybe Songbird, who I really didn't care about, okay? Mm -hmm. But Songbird is what, uh, she's really supposed to be like screaming Mimi, and then she became like the yeah. hero with the, yeah. uh, what the, the Thunderbolts? Yeah, that's crazy that, it, that screaming Mimi has this power that's now sort of a photonic sound light thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, she can fly. It's, it's it weird. It's like, like she's things basically Things that happen when you Green become Lantern. a hero, right? She's like Green Lantern <laughs> now. But he, the mixture, the characters he, you know, he chose, and of course, bring, putting Captain America in there was definitely a plus. The, the the way that he managed to actually, and it's a big story, so I enjoy big stories, especially when they hit off. I was looking at, you know, the first issue all the way through, and the the amount that this guy did to make certain that the history was not run away from, wasn't shied away from, to try to be as inclusive as possible. Now, for some of us. Oh, it know. may not have. It may not have worked. It may have failed. <laughs> but overall, okay, and especially for me, these were stories that made me actually want to go back and go back to read a lot of the Avengers books that I hadn't gotten around to. Mm -hmm. Like, if one of the biggest Avengers stories, and I remember, guys, we would chastise each other too. Like, you never. It's like you never read Korvac. It's like mm -hmm. how could you not have read that story? Yeah. Okay, that was such a big story. But then, okay, where does it all fit in terms of this going on and this going on? Because mm -hmm. there was a lot of stuff that happened. Okay, where does it come over here? And then nobody shied away. The two-gun kid, okay, even mm -hmm. got even got uh, shrift inside of this. So the fact that everything was the fact that everything was embraced to try as best as possible to make this seamless history on top of having this story, just really, you know, you know, I, I was just totally, totally into it all the way up until the last issue. Not that I didn't like the last issue. Just sorry it was over. I was I would love if oh, something like come this was. On. No, this is something all they right. need. Over at DC, they need like somebody like a continu not continuity police, but they need that sort of scholarship where these guys can come over and say, "Look, this is how it's working." Because that's one of the reasons why these guys hate continuity because their memories aren't up to the task of it. You know, you need like a, that would be a great job for Roy Thomas. Just tell him, "Look, man, why don't you just have a book and just keep spooling out like this is how it all fits <laughs> in?" Because these guys don't want to read any Bibles, they don't want to do the hard work or the heavy lifting. Kirk Busiek with Avengers Forever did the heavy lifting, and he pulled it off. This is the guy at the Olympics, and they're like, okay, he does the shrug over All here, right. well, and I, he gets it up I, over his head, and then Booyaka, he throws it down. Okay, he's he said his opinion of it. I would say... You started off! No, I'm saying your opinion just now. I'm not saying... I'm not, I didn't, I'm not saying I didn't get a chance to talk. Obviously, I did. I'm just saying as far as my overview of the story was it seemed like he was, Kurt Busiek was doing his own sort of cross-time crisis with the Avengers and if you remember crisis it started different the way than it ended because it was characters plucked from DC's crisis you yeah, DC's crisis okay. started where they plucked out different characters and they had a for me a good mix and that's with two issues and the next thing you know it's just whoever shows up in crisis whereas Kerbuzek is deciding let me do that and that's what's something you can find in his writing where he sort of pulls from a lot of stories like Crescent War, Crisis, and other stories start popping up. So when you go through, and then like there is some stuff which continuity which connects to I think in the Burn Burns Run, Amortis is um, wiping out different um, timelines, the divergence of the time period, which is using. It was cool to see that aspect. We just don't necessarily it didn't necessarily connect to what Roy Thomas did afterwards. But the story is going okay. For me, I'm gonna, sh I'm gonna, you know, you know, when this comes out, I'm gonna show you my issues with the story. Whereas the paneling, some of the panels, the 
action is going one way, and then the next panel, the action is going another way. It's hard if you're not a comic reader. You know, right, right. Reader, it doesn't always flow where you should, where it draws your eye to the next panel. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, with the rule, uh, I, I didn't realize how many people don't know how to read a comic book, and mm -hmm. that's a turnoff to yeah. them. I mean, it's still Western. It's, you can read it the Western way. It's going to be left to right, yeah. top to bottom. But the, I mean, you can really throw people when you have, okay, you got heroes running off this panel, uh, yeah. and you're like, well, shouldn't I be following them this way to, you know, to find out <laughs> what's going the, on? And then you do this right yeah. over here. But The art is amazing, but yeah. that's what I, would, I started to notice. And he's, I mean, when he got to Superman, that's not an issue at no, all. No, he's no, solid. Was, but that was much more, uh, that, that was much, to be honest, in comparison, that was much more conventional mm -hmm. as opposed to what he was trying to, and what they needed to pull off mm -hmm. with, Aven with Avengers Forever. So when I got a uh, mixer, and I don't forget about Rick Jones, but go ahead. Okay. So that's the thing that Rick Jones wasn't necessarily every man having this power. For me, that's where he does sort of like ordinary talk about that, but then he almost cures his him, you know, his cures his problem by issue four. But then when you get so, I'm still going with the story. I'm staying with it, and five has a nice dramatic thing with Amortis and the '50s Avengers, like they're, they're from the '50s, right? Right. There's this nice moment, and it's real dramatic and powerful, and it connects to why we don't know why these guys are here. Yeah. And then six through nine are the characters just wading through continuity. And it's just like, yeah. it's continuity after continuity from everyone from, Immortus is now working for these three time guys, and it's just like, and it's like, oh yeah, it's great having this connecting these store, stories which have been completely forgotten, but it sort of lessened him, but it's just like any sort of, like the same thing happened with JLA Avengers. This issue three, the characters just run into continuity and then we had to see, and it just bogs down the story. So that's three issues. And then they have, you know, we, we argued about it before with the Human Torch and Vision. I'm not sure we needed to see this part in the story besides saying, I'm having Amortis lie about this stuff and I'm having Amortis lie about this other stuff. And then Kang's issue nine is like, Kang has his own thing where I'm listening. I lied about this stuff, and then the cross time. Then I just killed the cross time kings. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? Like, you're just throwing out stuff. As, I mean, he I mean he's at the top of his at top of the writing game, so he's like, you know what? I'm the guy. So yeah. I'm xing out all the stuff I don't like. I'm xing out. Like, Roger Stern, you're there. You created the cross time kings, and then Walt Simonson made them into like an infinite number. And they're like, no, I just killed those guys. It's like, are you kidding? But anyway. Well, no, he's thinking he's doing everybody a favor. He's like, yeah. I'm going to clean this all up. Stream, the, I'm going to clean. But it wasn't. It, 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 it's it, with, uh, I mean, cause that is almost like some of the same issue that DC had where they wanted to do Crisis, even though this was a self-contained story that yeah. just affects the Avengers. But you're right. You get the first couple issues. And if they had been able to keep that. Yeah. For all, I mean, probably wouldn't have been 12 issues in that case. But if yeah. they had been able to keep that, I think you would have had a stronger story. Because it starts, it, it does lose cohesion at a certain thing. Yeah. And then when does it come back again? It's when like, you have uh, Pariah and he assembles, like, I get Superman, I'm going to get Captain Marvel, I'm mm -hmm. going to get these guys. Yeah. Okay, so now we have some players that we can actually focus mm -hmm. on. And I'm going to set you guys over to yeah, the task. Yeah, that's the that's weird thing. Because they're there and then it becomes more about those guys instead of the people that were picked by the monitor to yeah. fight. So... In this, when it gets to the end, when it gets to the end where, then it's like a total, you know, Carlos Pacheco or even um, Kurt Busiek moment where they're fighting these, because the, was it, the Destiny Power, the Destiny Force? Right. Destiny Force have sort of turned humanity in the future as into bad guys. So the Avengers had to fight 
the where humanity will come, which is like almost a like a mirror of the Avengers. They have all different things, the armies that are like the Avengers, but then they become the guardians of the galaxy. And I say, <laughs> what the, like you guys want to throw too much stuff into this. You guys are, like you guys, well, I mean. That's like the, uh, the anachronism of trying to have a 1950s Avengers. You can't have a 1950s Avengers because there are no Avengers until the 60s, uh -huh. at least by comic book yeah. years. And then, okay, well no, then it become, you know, you're taking that uh, whole Avengers forever thing as, yeah. As literal, <laughs> as opposed to being, you know, figurative and symbolic. Like, mm -hmm. well, you know, you're, the, the the Avengers line is supposed to be once an Avenger, always an Avenger. That's how the Hulk could keep coming and getting back on the yeah. team and then, you know, saying the hell with you guys and, and jumping off. Mm -hmm. you know, and, of course, the Hulk was just, like, uncontrollable. But, uh, you know, you look at that point right over there with the 1950s Avengers, and then you want to say it extends all the way over to the Guardians of the Galaxy. And he's like, well, no, because yeah. the Guardians are the Guardians. Whatever ties they have to the Avengers... Are fine, and it's usually through. It was. I, was it again? It was through Cap and the Shield somehow. I kept. I can't remember exactly what it well, was. Well, the Guardians didn't. They. That's something later that they gave um, Vance Astro Captain America Shield. But if you look at it, the Guardians had their own story. Yeah. And Marvel in the seventies was once your story got canceled, then your story would dovetail into the, that writer's other story. So. Yeah. Same with Nova, his stories dovetailed into the Fantastic Four, and the Guardians of the Galaxy started showing up in the Avengers until, like, I think it's 181, where there's, like, uh, Guy, Guy Rich is like, too many Avengers, and then they're gone. Right, but they were there for, uh, they, they were there for the beatdown with Korvac, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. so it's like, that's, I mean, right, the but all yeah, that was a really big team. Yeah, that was a really big, <laughs> that was a really big <laughs> so team. That's why Korvac needed to beat some, yeah. some of these guys needed to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I gotta, uh, I'm done. I well, need to take it, I need to come out. They were supposed to leave. They're not supposed to stay with the Avengers, and they were with them, I guess, but then like, that's one like of the things 20 issues. That's one of these things that leads to these continuity uh, issues, because mm -hmm. you have all these characters, you have to balance them. Everybody needs to do something. Okay, you can't just have the vision on the couch mm -hmm. reading the newspaper while it's, <laughs> everybody needs to do something. And then you get to Avengers Forever. It's like, okay, this is what was happening. This is why it was happening. This is what these guys are doing. This is how mm -hmm. it doesn't really... And then you throw in, you know, Morris and Kang. And it, that is a criticism of me. When you get rid of all the Kangs, like, wait a minute. You know, because the whole idea is, like, you can't really streamline continuity. Just keep what you were doing. Just try to explain it. The yeah. idea of them being infinite amount of Kangs, yes. This guy keeps coming back. You know, yeah. he keeps coming back. So even if you erase it at this point, mm -hmm. it's easily brought back because yeah. Kang is always, you know, he's always revisiting the present, trying to influence the future, and you never know exactly which one you you never know exactly which one you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And then we have, I mean, it, obviously you have a story and it has an interesting twist of what happens with. Um, with yellow, yellow jacket and then the big fight and bringing all the you know using and who was, uh, who was yellow who does yellow jacket remind who if you had done it differently who's the avenger that would have been yellow jacket in this who does yellow jacket remind you of the way that he uh, Busiek plays him out I'm hmm, I'm not sure who you're thinking of though. Hawkeye well yeah that's Hawkeye. You're, yeah because he was already in the book <laughs> I was just like wait could he mean the Hawkeye but then that's the thing you have sort of the same the it's weird because it's like you bringing that one in, so you get the Hawkeye stuff, but then you have the science, yeah. and that's the because Hawkeye's already matured to the point, like okay, you know, he's not going to do yeah. this, he's not going to yeah. do this anymore. But we want that, yeah. we want that, we want that Jack, we want that, yeah. you know, that uh, that Jack arrogance that you know mm -hmm. Hawkeye would come. We can definitely get that from Yellow Jacket yeah. playing, and then you know, of course, I like the like, you know, you have the dichotomy of uh, literally that. Uh, with Hank Pym, I didn't like that they did it, but I thought it worked for this series. Where you have Hank Pym, he's Ant Man, he's Giant Man, mm -hmm. he's Goliath, yeah. 
his yellow jacket, mm -hmm. and they tried to sum that all up. Well, you know, he was insecure and this, that, and the other. But to see, no, he said that. Oh, and they remember that the scene in there. He's like saying, "Hey, so then, Amortis, um, he was messing with my head." Nope, nope. You, you didn't. Like, <laughs> why won't you get rid of that stuff? Why won't he get rid of that stuff? Because I have no idea. But they tried to really, they really did him dirty. You yes. know, going long term. Mm -hmm. in, you know, with that. But I did like the fact that okay, you have him here as Giant Man, and then you have him over here as Yellow Jacket, so you can see the different aspects of where he was in time. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a good piece of writing because could you imagine being with your your, your sixteen year old self and yourself now and you'd probably look at it like this you know this you know there were certain things you'd probably like hey I would like to be more yeah. like this guy and at the other point yeah. like you know what the hell is wrong with him and this is still and you know this is still yourself and then you have that mask so you they don't know you know to a large extent of what's to a large extent of what's mm -hmm. going on yes you see you could have just let <laughs> you could clean that up no I mean the whole, th the whole thing with I mean the stuff they did with Hank Pym. And, I mean, we know the behind-the-scenes stuff. But Shooter disowned it. He said, no, it wasn't my fault. Um, the artist was in the, the what's the name? He's in the John, John Buscema thing. Well, it's thing. not even Shooter, because we know, look, anytime... It was Shooter. No, anytime you see... What Shooter did was try to, like, rationalize it at some point and ended up throwing him under the bus and doing it. He did it anytime we, But he anytime, it we saw, anytime we saw those sort of tweaks going on, what was it? It was usually Stan saying, okay... Let's try to no, get this guy. No, the earlier one. Okay, let's try to get. Let's stuff. try to get this character more. Cause yeah. we saw it with Iron Man. Iron Man comes out. It's gray. We don't really get the reaction we want. Okay, let's lighten it up. Okay, all right. So the gold is is nice, but the, nobody likes to kill. Uh -huh. All right, so let's like break that up a bit. Okay, yeah. now we got this. It's working. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'm gonna stay out of it in terms of the yeah, design. Yeah, okay, good with your. Ant Man going. wasn't yeah. working. Okay, let's try this. We'll make him big. He was small. Let's make him big. <laughs> okay, the giant man doesn't sound too good. Goliath. Okay, we'll push him there. Goliath is a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Goliath worked for a while, and then it's like. Then um, Roy Thomas is like, oh, I need something to happen. And we got this new cool outfit. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, yeah. Yellow Jacket should have worked. You had yeah. the outfit. Okay, you had, well, he could be, he could be, you had the outfit. You had the fact that he could be, he could, he could definitely do the size thing if he uh -huh. wanted. He had the simple powers. He had the, you know, he, he had the, like a little bit more swagger to him. That should have worked. But and you then know they, why it didn't work? Because artists like Ant-Man. So Neil Adams came in is like, I'm doing the Avengers. We got the classic three. Why not bring in Ant Man? Yeah. And, that, and then Byrne and then and Perez did his own. And then they they did that did one it. moment that they have dogged him with his entire existence. That's where Shooter comes in. Yeah. Well, Shooter, no, Shooter hinted in, like, because you're dealing with, um, you know, he was having a breakdown. So he did that early. And that was a good story. And then the next issue, he's back up to speed. Yeah. Being, you're like, hey, what's the name? Ultron shoots him. It's like, no, I've prepared myself so your powers don't, those, those powers don't work on me. And then later when he comes back, the evil shooter. No. <laughs> but the, the, the stories are a little, a lot darker. And then he's almost like, like trading, like saying, looking at the X-Men and saying, I want to do a villain, a hero going bad. So then Hank Pym is sort of pushed that so he has this arrogant thing. Because all, all Marvel characters had some chauvinism. And sort of react, except for the X Men, because the X Men were all they were same age as Gene, whereas Reed, well, were, yeah, all of, Tony Stark, uh, all of them had like cocky slash yeah, Eric, yeah, well, Chauvin, they had some, but it's like comparable to the time of the '60s. So then he's like, no, Hank Pym still has it. So then he smacks her, and then he, you know, later goes to jail. She's sort of it's just a it's just a wacky story, but everyone is sort of say continuity. We can't get rid of it. No, then, no, you can get rid of that continuity. <laughs> they don't want to. They don't want to hand wave that continuity because they're afraid of the flack that they'll get. Oh, you don't want to do this, and I'm, mind you, yeah. okay, it'd be very easy to. It'd be very easy to get rid of that. 
but I did like that. You know, I did like the dichotomy and the play that you would have to have. I mean, even mm -hmm. to the point of the size. You know, the giant, the giant, and the small guy. Mm -hmm. The one who's more rational. The one who's more cocky. You know, the fact that they're getting on these other's nerves. Do you even? And then they're like, "Hey, do you guys realize you're the same dude?" You know, yeah. those sorts yeah. of things coming yeah. in. Thought were played well. The characterization overall. Yeah. With Avengers Forever as well. I don't. Uh, to be honest. Cap as a disillusioned as a disillusioned person doesn't work for me, and I understand that yeah. time period. That was a really short period overall. The biggest thing that came out of that was nothing, if I remember yeah. correctly. Well, he, I mean, he changed his outfit, but he was still nomad. He was still Cap. Yeah. He was still like two seconds later, he's like, uh, I just uh, you know, and the next thing he's like, he's a hero again. So, but I mean, for me, yeah, the biggest thing for him was what he, he was. I can't see I can see Cap being disillusioned with the government, but yeah. not with the country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Especially since he fought in World War II and had to be privy to all this information. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't see him being disillusioned with the country because he was fighting for the country, not for the government. So that would have been a little bit. But again, it's still Cap, and yeah. I don't think a story like I don't know of another Avenger that you could put in the place of Cap, and have a story of this sort of size and this. Ambition actually works. So those are well, those are some fixtures I liked on it. If you look at the thing is that if you look at when Stan was writing the book, and the Cap, crooked quartet stuff. No, before that, before that, Stan when Stan was writing the book, the clear because I mean he was the most popular popular character at the time was Thor. So even though they had different leaders and Cap was coming in and getting popular, Thor was sort of the guy. But then you know just like the way Shooter felt, people weren't connecting as much with Thor. Even though it was a successful book, they started moving more to Cap. Even though Cap was taken out of the book, I guess in like, what was it? Maybe around the the forty, like you know the, the issue forties or something. Yeah, everybody like 50s. gets everybody gets a break. You know, so he, so he's moved out of it. But then Cap for Kurt Busiek became becomes the ultimate last man standing, which in the Shooter run showed that. If someone punches another hero like uh, Wonder Man into Cap, he's out of the fight. Yep. So remember that you can have Cap can have his moments because he's had moments like there's one where Josica comes and they're trying to stop Thor from destroying Josica and Thor throws a hammer and Cap jumps off a building, throws his hammer and is like, oh well, maybe someone and then Iron Man catches him and it's fine. But it's a spectacular Cap moment, but not making Cap. The last man, because Cap was the last man standing in the juggernaut, mystical character fight. Like the Avengers all captured, and Captain America walks up. Like it's Cap. You can't keep just saying he's the last man standing. I know, and he said it in Wizard. So that's the only issue. But Cap is solid in his book. He's disillusioned, but then he has this moment with um, um, Black Panther, which is solid. There's a couple yeah. more later. But then with the with the what's the name, Forever Forever Crystal, it's like. Cap again? No, I'm too too much for me. And the problem with that, <laughs> it, it, see, the problem is, see, if you do that in Avengers Forever and you let him be the last man standing, it's okay. But then a lot of these guys do the same thing. Oh, I want to do my Avengers Forever story yeah, yeah. with Cap being the last man mm -hmm. standing, or they feel the need to show how resilient Cap is. Like, no, Cap is great, okay. But the last man standing on the Avengers is it should be Thor, yeah. if anybody, if yeah. no one else, okay. That's your last man standing at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Even when and even when they did the. You'll pardon me for for breaking uh, you know for breaking out bringing in yet another book. But even when they did the JLA, even when they did the JLA Avengers crossover, mm -hmm. okay. What I liked about it was that okay, the the big guys, the really big guns, even to the point of Superman, all they were trying to do was really just make this little bitty pinhole where some guy who was totally innocuous could get in. You yeah. can use Cap like that. Yeah. 
and then think it works. Because mm -hmm. you had Superman with Thor's hammer, with Captain America's shield, yeah. and then, of course, all the power. You think, okay, well, that's it. Superman's just going to take everybody <laughs> out, right? Yeah. And he's like, no, who's the guy who comes in here? It's, like, it's the least guy that you ever would have looked for. It's, you know, it's cocky Hawkeye. I got gotcha. you. And then that's pretty much the end of it. I think it works better. I liked it here, mm -hmm. okay, because it was more akin to that. But you see it was the writer on both of those, so I can understand how he goes yeah. with it. Then you'll get some nonsense where it'll be like, like the Infinity War and Captain America's challenge and Thanos. And you're like, you're kidding me. Yeah, <laughs> you're kidding me. Just smack them uh, and be done with that's it. That's the thing. That's where you, and that's where I think, I mean, it doesn't necessarily go that wrong in this one. I just feel that the middle book period of this book, just to bring it back to Avengers Forever, is too much continuity. And this is a, a thing of his writing where they run into explaining all this stuff. And it's like, yes, could they have a flashback to say this is where this comes from, but it's just like, it's like four issues of that. And then when you get to the, you know, when it ends, that's my last bit that I have. We, we've never had answered by Kurt Busiek because he's done it twice. There's a story called, there's a Avengers issue 200. Right. Where they get rid of, well, basically, this is, they're trying to exit, they're trying to get rid of Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. They're trying to get Miss Marvel out the book. So they find a way to say, you know what, she's going to get pregnant. It's going to be this mystical character. The mystical character is actually going to be someone she falls in love with and should be gone forever. That's the plan. For some reason, Kurt Busiek has hinted to that story twice. He had in this story, Amortis, you know, dies and born back in two seconds, just like Marcus in Avengers 200. So, so you like, want to see the baby. No, I'm just saying, I'm saying like, this is a story that is, uh, you know, there's no man's land as far as comic book goers. Chris, you know, Chris Claremont, even though he was, was kind of, sus you know, it's not cool what he did to Miss Marvel in the story, but he blames it on the Avengers, so they're just like, no, Chris Claremont didn't, Chris Claremont has Rogue Thrower off of, of the, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge, and people have forgotten that he's, she's trying to kill Miss Marvel. And so she's lost her power. She's a taboo, Raza, that sort of thing. So it was like, but then he said, okay, this character actually, you know, controlled her mind and made her go away. And Avengers, you should have saw that. You shouldn't just say, oh, she had this mysterious hysterical presidency. How does this happen? She doesn't have a male suitor. And she leads to another dimension, a limbo. But that, you know, plays to all that stuff. So then he did it again in the Kang Dynasty where Marcus is an actual character. And he plays off of Marcus being attracted to Miss Marvel. And it's like, Chris uh, Kerbo's like, do you like that story? Because no, we can't help you with it. Don't <laughs> hint to Marcus at all. Like, he had millions of Marcuses. Marcus is not a character we should connect to. None of that. It should not have been in there. And I'm like saying, it doesn't destroy the story, but we, that's a question we have to ask you. Why is that in there? The other thing I like is that as expensive as it was, by the time you get to issue 12, <laughs> it's over. Did everybody you buy goes, that? Oh, you got you to ship to you. Yeah. I couldn't stay. I it's left like over. around four. I loved, look, we get to 12, it's over. It's not one of these things like today where it's a storyline, it's well received, and then it lingers on, not for the rest of the year, for decades. We can't get rid of it. I it's a, know, It's man. this story. And it's over. It was never. Oh, okay. We, yeah, we got to keep. We got to keep referring back to the events of Avengers Forever that you know happened. Nothing. 
so significant happened in that story that it was going to be tantamount to the rest of these characters' existence. It was a fun romp from 1 through 12. Oh, When it was over, okay, when it was over, <laughs> it was over. It's not like uh, like Frank Miller's work on Daredevil, where you know Born Again has dogged that character for thirty years now. No, it's not just oh, it, okay, it was we, over. We, it's done. We, talk we can about, go to the next story. We talk about Born Again. We're just gonna do. Yeah, we're gonna segue that. again. We're gonna segue one time. I think it was Anne Nocenti did a solid run post that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem is, is when they brought it back. And Even she did. brought it back. It was still a part of her storyline. She did, at the but end of the day. I mean, but they know they had. She Daredevil was Matt Murdock was a public defendant, so they had a thing where he's back in law. The stories are running. You can do stories like that forever. Yeah, like but then he ends up leaving. He ends up leaving New York. He ends well, up going through the same. That's, that's the problem of the writer is like when I'm say I'm writing the same that happened to Chris Claremont on X Men, if you or Peter David on Hulk, you write a book long enough, and you're saying, you know what? You're not saying yourself in your head, I don't have any more stories. You're like, you know what? I should bring in um, the Inhumans. <laughs> and then we'll have this indestructible character, and then they'll go do it over on this long road trip, and then you go to hell. It's like, no, you hinted hell, have them go to hell, end the story. You're done. But there's a lot of writers, you're still on a book, you feel the mojo flowing somewhere else, and you go somewhere else, which is something that is hard to do because you like a book. Well, and you don't decide. The uh, fan response to Nesenti on the book was good, or else she couldn't have done any yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I have to say, I don't think she could have, well, no, she could have accomplished that now because of what stuff that Marvel's doing. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is that, okay, Frank Miller comes and he does Born Again and he reveals Daredevil's secret identity to the Kingpin. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. That has dogged the character. Even in Nesenti's run, it's still a fixture where the Kingpin is still after Daredevil because he knows who he is. Well, we still want to see, we have another story in there where. Daredevil has to have this breaking down where he's attacked by all these guys, and, but he did, and then he's got to get, sh- and then you know we have to see him shuffered off again, and then he comes back, and by the time she brings him back, and he's Daredevil again, she's off the book. But he doesn't. The thing is that when that ha- in that story, he doesn't give um, was it Typhoid Mary? He yeah. doesn't give Typhoid Mary the inf- information that she needs to take out Daredevil. Basically, Mary's you know psych- schizophrenic personality is interacting with Matt Murdock and falls in love. So Daredevil, I mean, I don't like the aspect of Daredevil just falling for this crazy woman, even though I liked how um, um, John Romita Jr. drew her. But I think that he didn't play it where, she didn't play it where, like, who was it? Um, the Kingpin was still playing chess with Matt Murdock, right. which was interesting to me. I just think the story just went too far. I hear what you're saying because it, it lived. You have, it's, it, it's, it's, it lived. When you go to when you go to Bendis, who's the top guy, yeah. and then he's like, "I'm doing it over and, and, and it's making still, it worse." It's still still doing yeah. it now. Yeah. Okay, so. they're still doing it, it now. I that's get one, it. I again, get it. But that, that's know, one of these things where continuity were like, "Look, you know, they didn't have to." Some of the stuff has to just let you know. You got to yeah. let go, or you got to do the hand wave and say, "Okay, we need to get <laughs> we need to get away hand from wave, this." Hand wave, Hank Pym. Avengers hand Forever. Pym. Avengers Forever was twelve issues. Okay, twelve issues of some really good storytelling, and then by the time you get, it's done. We don't have to revisit it ever again. It was this moment in time, mm-hmm. okay, and it was a time travel story. And it's done. It's over. All of these guys go back to fulfill all of the things that they needed to do in their respective time mm-hmm. periods without this affecting it. So that's another big. That's another big plus for me. This was something I could read and not have to say, "Oh, 
you know, good grief, man. Like, that happened how many years ago? Mm -hmm. It's still going to be a part of the stories today? <laughs> I'm not talking about the origin either. I'm talking about the fact that, okay, he slapped her or uh, she broke into the store and she was on drugs. And it just mm -hmm. never goes away. It never yeah. goes away because these guys refused to let it go. It was like a, a blip. But we still have to come over here and we still have to keep coming over here. Avengers Forever was able to tell a cohesive, solid story. And you can enjoy it. You know, you that's one of these... I mean, if you're not this guy who wants to read... All the issues of Avengers. You can read that, okay? And they do a good job of explaining things while you go while you go along and enjoy it, and then just put it down to the side, revisit it when you want, and never have to go back. Oh, I need to come back. No, okay. It was a good self-contained story with some of the better Avengers, Magnificent Seven. Okay, they do their ride, okay, and then everybody goes rides off into the sunset back in the time where they're supposed to. Again, it's not like it's just not like the common stories that you would have today from Marvel. They're doing well. They're all social justice, mm -hmm. you know, warrior stories now, which just pr tend to uh, you know be parallel. They, they just tend to be polarizing stories because if you agree with them, fine, and if you don't, then you got to feel like a bad guy. And if you're neutral, you're just totally uncomfortable. But this was a time period when the storytelling was really high. Kirk mm -hmm. Busiek was at top of his game, at least with the event with the Avengers. It's a good story for me. First five. You know, good six through nine, off the rails, too much continuity, too much retelling, not enough just stuff happening. And then he s it resolves. It does at least resolve. So I would take those those four issues kind of, they need to be sort of taken out. And then you sort of do an eight-issue run without that middle period because there's like, you're running into the vision. Like, look, I see the vision <laughs> thing. It's like... They're literally running into continuity. That I can't. He does it too many times for me. So fair criticism. Twelve issues is not an easy format to do successfully. Mm -hmm. There are a whole bunch of twelve issues where you could take out a good four or five, and you probably have a tighter, tighter story. Work yeah. for me. Doesn't work over here. Do we have to review it? Do, do we, we have to do star stars or something? No, no, no. Since this okay, one died. happened, since this one <laughs> happened back in the past, okay. We're just going to give this one a one single shiny gold star because it was a, you know, because it was back then and because somebody requested it special. So, hey, we hope you enjoyed the discussion on Avengers Forever. Mm -hmm. If you guys ever want to hear us talk about anything else, please let us know because we're here to talk about just about anything you can imagine, but we keep it clean. Except for Cree Shire War. Do not ask us to read all those crazy issues. Hey, I'm game. It's too many issues. Je oh, you can check out our commentaries <laughs> on the X-Men films. Those are coming soon. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Thanks Benarag. You saved me money.